Movies The Kissing Booth 2 is longer than 12 Angry Men, Sunset Boulevard, Singing in the Rain, Lady Bird, Whiplash, The Empire Strikes Back, Do the Right Thing, The Favorite, Gravity. Um, that, that's a review by Griffin Stenzel on Letterboxd. And now movies that uh, it feels longer than all of them. <laughs> Give me a moment's peace and take out that trash. We pay taxes for people to come and take the garbage. Hey, listen, Greeny, no more sneaking rides to the junkyard. Yeah, man, take a taxi when you want to go to the junkyard. Hello and welcome to Hot Trash Unlimited, the show where me, Caleb, and me, Joe, sit down and talk about a movie that we think will be bad. Joe, on this episode of the COVID sessions, what did we force ourselves to watch? <laughs> and I mean force. It is the COVID sessions. We're running on fumes every week of what of what the next just hot topic is to talk about well, and, you know, and hopefully be trash at the same time. No, I think what it is is because studios, they don't want to put out trash because like they're slowing down their distribution. So it's already much. not going to make money. It's yeah. money back. Yeah. So they want to make sure they're putting out quality stuff. They need to get as many eyeballs. Or what they as think possible. is quality. I'm sure this did very well. And Netflix, I wasn't. I wasn't yeah. throwing shade at this movie. I'm just saying in general. Yeah. Because we've I, watched. We've watched a lot of bad stuff already. Yeah, and I'm not counting like what Netflix and Hulu do here. I'm just counting regular Big studios. studios. That being said, we're not watching something from a regular studio. We're watching the Kissing Booth too. The sequel to the Breakout. I'm guessing it was a hit. 2018 movie, The Kissing Booth. I'm guessing you might have a few questions. Let me bring you up to speed. As soon as school ended, Noah and I spent the whole summer together. And then, exactly 27 days ago, my heart flew off to Harvard. I miss you, jerk. I miss you more. Lee and I have dreamed of going to Berkeley. Ever since we found out, that's where our moms became Bessies. You're gonna love it there. Maybe you can come to school here with me. This is definitely a problem. Yeah, hey Joe, have you seen The Kissing Booth? Of course not. Neither have I. That means we're totally qualified to talk about the sequel. As it is, I think this movie does stand on its own. Either one, they just have a simple enough story that goes, or two, they're just repeating the plot of the first movie. I don't know. I kind of think it's the second one. I did a quick Wikipedia search. She's mainly just chasing after the guy in the first movie. Okay. And the kissing booth is how they come together. All right. Puberty hit her hard, and then everybody notices her, but she has eyes for this guy. That's the plot of the first movie. You know, credit where credit is due. This is a movie that at its It is, in fact. (laughs) They shot it on cameras. They probably yelled action. (laughs) It was was feature-length film uh, length. At its core, there is a platonic uh, male-female friendship, and they don't ever go into y'all two are like secretly in love with each other. Or the guy's in love with the, which is usually the case. Yeah. Usually it's the girl has eyes for the hot guy, and it turns out they're not a good match or whatever, but the secret best friend guy has been lusting after this girl for like five years or whatever. But they don't. Like Lee and- L. L. Stay friends throughout the whole thing. There are complications in their friendship and stuff, but it's not pining based. And as someone who I have always had platonic female friends, I appreciate that. It's something I don't usually see. However, Elle does not extend that courtesy to her boyfriend because the minute he makes a friend of the opposite gender, she is like, mm, they they going at it. Should we go into the plot before we get into the little details of everything? Yeah, sure. Okay, so I think 
Again, haven't seen the first movie. This takes place like the summer after the first movie. Elle's boyfriend, Noah, who is Lee's brother, moved to uh, Boston because he's going to college and Harvard. They want to stay together. They want to make long distance works. But immediately, Elle's like, no, he's going to cheat on me. I should give him space. No more communication. (laughs) I should not get attached to this man. This person says he wants to make it work, so I will put in absolutely no work. And it just kind of follows like the first. No, it follows the entire year because it ends with her graduating. Yep. Yeah, it follows I mean, it like skips a, it skips the second semester for the most part. But. Yeah, but it, it follows like the first semester of uh, their senior L and Lee's senior year. Yeah, and dealing with very typical high school things. So many conflicts in this. Oh, movie. There, there's so many subplots. Let's list off all the conflicts. So we have the first one, which is she isn't talking to him. That ends. After her monologue at the beginning, catching the viewer up which, almost which, immediately. But that monologue goes on for a long while. That's true. It does. They And they communicate. It takes until the visit where they're okay. Yeah, but they start talking to each other. Yeah. Again. All it takes is him being like, yo, we should talk more. Like, I thought this would be the main conflict because they're setting it up in the first 10 minutes. And no, it, it almost immediately gets resolved. She, he, she is spending too much time with Lee and his girlfriend, not giving them enough space. Then her thinking that her boyfriend's cheating on her. Lee not telling his... Not communicating. Yeah. There are too many characters in Lee getting jealous of his replacement in the dance contest that he wanted to replace yes. him. Yeah, and then there's the love triangle because we haven't even brought up Marka. The point is, this story has ADHD. This it's, movie is two hours long and 11 minutes. It's constantly going between conflicts like a pinball. At least it's with like the same four characters. It's not a God's not dead situation where it's just different characters with all these different subplots because they couldn't make it take up. That would make it easier to follow though. Because, would it though? No, because in God's not dead, because all of them are completely separate till the newsboys come and save the day. <laughs> Like, I oh, I know her subplot because she interacts with no other character. I mean, I know all the subplots. I just don't think there should be this many. I got, I, and admittedly, at a certain point, I stopped paying attention. But I was just like, there's way too much to keep up with here. All these friendships are going to end. <laughs> so, number one thing. Yes. I was homeschooled. <laughs> oh, boy, you have a list of questions, I don't only you? have two because not as much of this took place in high school as I wanted But sometimes I realize how little I understand about high school from like high school movies and stuff. Because like I'll see something, I'll be like, that's bizarre. All right. So first off, do cheerleaders wear uniforms around the school? (laughs) No. I see this in every. It always happens. You're right. But no, they don't. Is it? Unless it's game day because game day. uh, Like, yeah. They're they're And they're allowed to wear their like uniforms. Every athlete is for game days. Okay. I don't know why you would. Yeah, it just, but. it seems so bizarre. First day of school, she's rolling up and then there are just these cheerleaders there. Like they also, they also go to school in magical, like preppy school land where this is the most rich school with uniform, but everybody has a different uniform and it's sexy. Oh yes, of course. And then the second question I have, did y'all have field days in high school at the beginning of this movie? Yeah, they we have did. a field we did. day. I, like I said, It's an end of year thing. It is a celebration thing. You made it to the end of the year. You get a break. I cannot imagine high schoolers still being interested in doing a field day. I mean, I did it like for two years and competed. I did, I did volleyball. I did, uh, 
I just did like the sprint because I was like, I like running. <laughs> yeah. And I guess it is a nice, and it's just a chill day. Yeah. I guess it is a nice break from everything else, but I guess it's just one of those. I've only ever seen it done with children. It's a little weird. That was all throughout school for me. Teenagers and 30 year olds pretending to be teenagers <laughs> doing this. So as a high schooler, how did this rank? How how realistic was this? What are we is, are we going on a surface level realism of yes, yeah, school does have uh, field days? No, you're basing this off of your experience. No, <laughs> no, of course not. It's not real. All right, good. I will catalog that for my knowledge. I'll add that to my databank. One of these days, I will understand what it was like to go to a high school. But, but simply consuming it through movies and. Your friends telling you whether or not their high school was like that. Yeah. This is the happiest high school in the world. Oh. No one is ever this happy at, at school. Is it more or less realistic than high school musical? Less. Okay. Wow. That's, that's minus the breaking out into song and dance less. Yeah. Obviously we have to you know execute that, but like much less. The thing that always confused me about high school musical was, you know, their little, their garden space. up where they Oh, go. I mean, they're both, these are both like insanely rich schools. Yeah. It's like just, how is no one else ever up there? That's like a really nice spot. Like whenever I found a nice spot on campus in college, there were always at least three other people. Uh -huh. there. Sometimes they stop you in the middle of you clearly reading a book to talk about your favorite Martian and ask you to read their fan fiction. <laughs> that oh, that's a story a for another time. There is a love triangle at the heart of this, right? There's sexy... it's an invisible love triangle. Cause one person doesn't know about it. Yeah, poor, poor Noah. Noah. Noah is just like doing the doing the right thing. He's just so isolated from everything. Yeah, his girlfriend won't talk to him, and he's trying his darndest to like be a good boyfriend. He has no reason to expect that he's doing anything wrong because he's just behaving like she behaves by mm -hmm. having a best friend of the opposite gender, right? Yes, this thing that she has done her entire life. This man does a surprise visit to her dance competition. And then he gets to see her kiss another guy. Poor, poor Noah. Noah's like, you know, he may look like a Paul brother, so I automatically want to punch him. But like, he's a, he's a quality dude. But the other guy that she's, it's Marco, right? Marco. Marco. Oh man, I just thought about so much about the beginning of this movie. There's a lot. Yes, it feels like there were two different movies. Uh-huh. The beginning of this movie is fun. There's this part, this extended part, where someone for some reason is showing her a video of Marco working out. Oh yeah. And oh, accidentally who filmed that. I have no idea. <laughs> that question just popped into my mind. Who was like right up on his sweating chest? Oh yeah. Cause it's close-ups. It's oh, like yeah. some nice camera. And angles. his face isn't in it either. So she's talking about how sexy Marco is over while, the intercom. Yeah. While the intercom is going on, she doesn't know about this, but that's our introduction to Marco. And Marco is almost perfect. He is hot he can he, play guitar. Yeah, he plays guitar. He works out constantly. Mm -hmm. He can play DDR really well, which mm -hmm. she respects. He just seems like a chill dude. And then you have Noah. I don't understand why she likes Noah. I mean, you don't have to. They, their relationship is established. Yeah. I just have to. Admittedly, this is a this is a soft spot for me in movies. I like cute couples when they're at the airport and he has that little sign for him. That's adorable. And they seem to be just like, there's actual chemistry I can see between the two of them when they're not fighting about just pointlessness. Yeah, I guess that is. When Elle's not inventing reasons for them to fight. Because this movie doesn't need to establish a relationship and because I didn't see the first mm -hmm. movie, I'm only seeing the cheap drama that comes completely from Elle's side. Oh yeah, she invents every problem. So I'm like, Elle should be with Marco. But I don't know what their relationship is. No, Marco's kind of automatically shady to me just because he's 
he is the plot device to propel drama and he talks like a plot device. He doesn't talk like a person. But he doesn't ever do anything bad, which leads me to believe, you know the game Until Dawn, right? <laughs> yes. In Until Dawn, we wanted, or I think it was I wanted when we played through it together, I wanted two of the male characters to be the only ones left surviving because I shipped them together because they were the only two people who weren't horrible. Mm-hmm. Kind of same thing here. I want Marco and Noah to get together because guess what? Lee does, or L doesn't deserve all either of them. Marco, I think he doesn't do anything directly wrong. I do think he does overstep a line almost. I, I think it's clear he's not playing a supportive friend role. He's playing a I want to be with this girl role. This is true. That is true. Which is immediately overstepping. And he knows there she's in a relationship. So let's let's swing over to the other relationship in this. Lee, oh, the, the, like the one we don't see like any of, basically. Yeah. Except Lee, the bad parts. Well, Lee and Rachel, right? Lee sucks. Rachel should maybe Rachel and Marco should get together. I want Marco to end with someone. Lee's a terrible boyfriend. He just, Lee, Lee is awful. He just doesn't do anything she asks. No. And she's he is, asking reasonable He is things. awful and she puts up with a lot. Well, she is 30 years old. <laughs> <laughs> like actually 30. Yeah. We, it's a common joke when you're talking about high school thing to joke about how old the people playing them are. But she is legitimately born 30 years ago. Yes. Lee spends way too much time with Elle while having a girlfriend that he is hanging out with. At the same time, he's hanging out with his best friend. Yeah. This would cause problems. He stands her up on dates. Oh, neglects her constantly. She asks him to do a simple thing. He comes up with an elaborate lie to get around it. He does not tell her that they are changing their very elaborate Halloween (laughs) costume. So she shows up. As a marshmallow. As a marshmallow (laughs) to this dance where everyone else is like the sexy version of whatever character they are. And the devil with a mustache. (laughs) Like I said, the sexy version. <laughs> Man, there's so much to unpack in this movie. It's two and a half hours long. They have a, po- and this is so disorganized. <laughs> I apologize. They have a podcast and. <laughs> that never comes back. No, but I just have to say this as someone who spends at least one day a week looking at podcast analytics, you don't count by subscribers because <laughs> you're on multiple platforms. You count by downloads. This is basic stuff. Script writers. Okay. We need to get like on some sort of track. Do we though? I mean, the movie's not on one. Because there isn't really a consistent plot. It just bounces around between the different conflicts. We've covered those. There's a gay couple. Good to see representation. It's pretty cheap, but you know, good to see. It's easy enough to cut out uh, in foreign countries so that Netflix can still play it. Exactly. Noah, older boyfriend, has a female friend, Chloe, who. Until they like finally have Chloe talk and not be all touchy feely with Noah is a perfectly platonic relationship that from the outside would appear a little too friendly. And Elle notices this and then she finds an earring in uh, Noah's bedroom after and after unlocking his phone and going through all his texts. The only text thread that exists in this universe, because every other time we see people text, which is a lot, (laughs) they've deleted the message. Yeah, this is the only one where uh, Noah saves the conversation. Which admittedly in this universe, if we take as canon that every single person deletes their text messages, that is a little sketchy. It's true. True. Um, So she assumes that he is cheating. But she already assumed that based on the fact that Chloe was in one of Noah's pictures with With a a bunch bunch of other other people and in a timeline full of pictures of Elle. You saw that hug, man. That was a close hug right there. I don't know. I mean, just some people are more physical than others. I suppose. I don't know. No one needs to read a room, specifically the room that his girlfriend's in, sitting right next to him. So you talked about 
what you think the demographic or the confusion <laughs> over what you think talk the about what the demographic is. was. This is a rom-com and I'm here for rom-com some of the time. All the boys you love before. That's a good one that Netflix put out. And most of the time you get it right. Like you can tell by how aspirational the high school is who it's aimed for. Mm-hmm. Cause like if it's super aspirational, then it's for middle schoolers. If it's like heightened, but still, you know, grounded, then it's for high schoolers. I don't know about this movie because it is super aspirational, this high school. It's the most like rose tinted glasses that a high school can possibly be. Also, every house and like every person is extreme. It is LA. Yeah. But then they talk about not having enough money and I just, I, I tune out because it's not matching up. But then like, this is a little too raunchy for a middle school audience. Oh yeah. So who is this made for? I'm so confused. I don't know. I don't. I wonder if they break down Netflix analytics breakdown. Like, I mean, they wouldn't publish them. They I don't know. publish their numbers. Yeah. But if you are listening to this and you like the kissing booth, write in uh, hot trash unlimited at Gmail. Cause I'm just genuinely curious at this point who the demographic is. And this isn't to like flame anyone who likes this or anything. I'm confused on just who it's aimed for. And you know, I watch because I'm a jaded, I'm a jaded out of college adult. Well, and to be fair, we watch superhero movies, uh-huh. which are like clearly aimed for children, but also a bunch of adults watch them. Yeah. So it's like demographics are this just very fluid thing. The kissing booth. The title. Yeah. It exists. I guess it's more of a big deal in the other movie, but I guess this is another high school question. Did they have a... Uh, no, that would never would have gotten the- allowed. <laughs> Horny adolescence. No. Yeah. Never. So... I'm trying to figure out because everything in this is technically consensual, but then like, and so the whole, they time, are still minors, but yeah, the whole time I'm just like, okay, fine. And, but then I didn't know, realize this is a school approved thing. They get this they, blindfolds. The school approves this too. This is a school approved and funded thing. They have to approve it before like the board in the beginning and the board's like, yeah, we're going to do it again. It, it did good. I'm just so confused as to why this still exists. Apparently, I don't know that it does. I that 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 was a that was that's a leftover of '90s and '80s nostalgia that never would fly today. Anything else to talk about in this? It looks like it's fun to watch a super oversaturated movie, like not in a bad way, not like a oh from like every next week kind of way. From everything being dull, everything that I usually see being very dull and washed out. This is so vibrant. Yeah, I like the colors. It's nice. It really does reflect like fun aspect of like childhood that they're currently in. And there are a lot of needle drops, maybe one too many, but oh, I like well, a lot of it. Yeah, Caleb loved this soundtrack. Like, I, I think it distracted him from the fact that there are a lot of needle drops. Oh no, trust me, there are. But also part of the reason is I recently watched the old guard where they have a lot of needle drops and none of them work. So in this one where most of them work and because it's like, I think a rom-com can get away with having mm-hmm. So many needle drops. And then they sequel bait it hard. Which is fine. If you're watching Kissing Booth 2 and you're not the two of us, you're a fan of this franchise. You want to see it continue. Yeah. And they've already filmed the third one. They probably filmed it back to back, didn't they? Yeah, probably. So what do you think about this? Let's rate it. I want to say that it's like inconsequential, but it's also just a lot of bad. I, I read off all the movies that it was longer than. And this, this movie did not need to be two hours and 11 minutes. There's, there's a lot of juggling going on. And while like none of this is inherently bad, like it's perfectly fine. 
and average for the genre. And super average for the genre. And like they have plus parts, like the platonic friend. I'm a fan of that. They, that never happens. Or a platonic guy friend. But I, I'm going to go with bad. So the first half of this, I was going to go, maybe not hot trash, but like acceptable. Kind of fun. Yeah. Not, not going to go good with it, but it's vibrant. I like the scene over the intercom. Like it's just written well. Like she's she's coming up with all sorts of like zingers. It's fun. And like you said, I like the platonic friendships. Yeah. But then we're about halfway through and we check the time. <laughs> we get to the party and I'm, we're both kind of checking out. And I go, oh boy, how much is left? 59 minutes and 46 seconds. <laughs> We've been in this movie for an hour and 13 minutes already. And the tone starts to shift. It's no longer fun. The drama is taking over. The drama that's based on so many different points of conflict that none of them have time to like fully build tension. The drama with a bunch of characters who I don't understand because I didn't see the first movie. The drama that is the worst part about the movie. All the fun gets sucked away. And it's a bad movie. And it makes me sad. Because like... I wanted to be just it, like it had it you on its side. Yeah. I would never watch it again. Yeah. But if you like this type of movie, if you like the first one, definitely go for it. I assume. I don't know what the first one does. But man, that second half was just so so draining. Mm-hmm. I would like to end this episode with a article from my favorite satire website, The Hard Times. Um Boyfriend refuses to apologize uh for anything he does in the imagination of girlfriend's mind. Oh, we're just plagiarizing the whole internet on this. It's, it's cited. 